Facebook is all about that base on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joined today by the one and only Dylan Lewis. And yes, if you are wondering, he did dare me to do that intro. Oh, yeah. How could you not? I, yeah. The topic just lent itself so so well. It's perfectly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Facebook and mm-hmm. their evil plans to uh, encroach on YouTube's territory. But first, we want to talk a little bit about what we said last week. Yeah. So, I think we got teed up pretty well for this, ep- uh, this episode just because... This like, was fake. <laughs> yeah. This was like... That's perfect. Sometimes the news Jupiter just rolls, you, rolls the dice and comes aligning. up snake eyes. Yeah. Um, and so last week we talked a little bit about how Facebook had had some talks with major labels interested in getting into music. Uh, the Verge reported, and so they'd met with Sony, Universal, and Warner. And something we'd kind of speculated about was like, well, it doesn't really make sense for them to be a streaming music play because people aren't really used to paying money on Facebook's platform, and it's really tough to make the economics of that work out without premium because the royalty rates for music are just going to crush you. Right. And so, you know, we were trying to speculate and figure out exactly what they were doing here. Lo and behold, a week later, we get some extra insights. The clouds parted and here we go. Yeah. And so thanks to some information from the New York Times and Billboard, um, we're finding out that Facebook seems to be going after YouTube's signature, the, uh, the music video turf. Oh man, yeah, and so and so that's why they were in these negotiations, um, and so you know we talked about how they had some preliminary discussions. Uh, looking at it now, we're getting some details. Basically, uh, Facebook's proposed adding a small number of music videos, which would be chosen by the labels to uh, people's news feeds, things like that. Um, they've told the labels they'd be adding them in the coming months if you know all things work out. So it's not something we'd see anytime soon, but it's something to kind of keep an eye on coming down the road. And the most interesting thing, I think, is that uh, the ad split is going to be pretty favorable. Um, they haven't determined exactly what it's going to be yet, but it looks like it's going to be better than what YouTube is currently offering those labels. For starters, I'm a huge YouTube consumer. That is how I get my music. Right. Yep. I am not picky, and that's like why Vivo got created, is they realized that every teenager in America was watching video- music videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I can see why Facebook would want to get on this, because they want the eyeballs. I'm wondering why the ad split is going to be better, just because Facebook has 1.2 billion users, and they have that trump card, or what the deal is. So I think, I think it comes down to the fact that they can afford to. Because uh, if you can cite ads to specific videos and impressions, mm-hmm. you know, so you look at Facebook's platform versus YouTube's platform, and this is something I was planning on kind of getting down to later, but, um, you know, so YouTube can only serve up an ad in that video screen. You know, if you're rolling around in their right. interface, that's where you're going right. to get the ad impression. If you're scrolling through a Facebook feed, you have the pre-roll ad that can come up, but you also have banner ads on the side. You've got all kinds of good stuff going on. And so, Are these music videos going to be on my news feed or it's not totally Megan right Trainer's <laughs> Facebook page or what? Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it in like an authorized channel type okay. way, you know, that we're seeing with YouTube. But you know, if uh, if a label wants to promote something and add it in there, like that's totally an option. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this. Um, so what's the big difference going to be? Because I happen to like YouTube's the way I function on there. I can skip an ad. I can. I mean, my life's pretty okay. Yeah, as as with ad blocking, like we discussed, like it's pretty easy to watch and consume music on YouTube and have a really great user experience. Um, I think the benefit is more on the music label side than it is on the end consumer side. I think. And consumers might not see all that much of a difference. It's just a different platform that they're consuming it on. Um, 
I think what piques the label's interest is that uh, it seems like Facebook is more willing to police the unauthorized content that is available. Oh, boy. And so, you know, you're on YouTube and you can see a video that is not the official music video, but is a lyrics video that someone puts together in like PowerPoint and syncs up to the music. I think you're probably not going to see that. I could not see Facebook letting that fly. Yeah. And so I'm sure that's a major negotiation point um, with Facebook. And that's a nice trump card to be able to pull out because you're saying like all the impressions for the song that users are going to be getting are going to be your official one. And you're going to be collecting ad revenue on that. Wow. Man, I almost wonder because when you said um, Facebook can afford it, though, I was wondering because I mean, let's face it, we, you and I both know that Google has more or less a monopoly yeah. on internet search. They have this huge cash. They could afford to mm-hmm. do a little bit more with YouTube, but yeah, I don't know. And this is Facebook building out their platform a little right. bit, yeah. And so um, I think one of the most interesting things for me, um, starting to look at how this might impact YouTube. Um, is that so? I was looking at the top thirty most viewed videos on YouTube. Oh boy, so, Gundam Style's number one, right? Gundam Style's number one. It's yeah. got two point four billion. But oh my, yeah, God. that's insane. But how would you, how many would you say out of thirty are music videos? I don't know. I really like watching cat videos on YouTube. <laughs> I think a lot of people do. I, I'm going to say twenty twenty five. I twenty seven. Oh wow! Including all yeah. all of the top fifteen. I should have I should have gone for the jugular on this one. Yeah, what is is like one of the three that aren't like the the sneezing panda or it's, what? Uh, it's Charlie bit my finger. <laughs> it's uh, I think the wheels on the bus go round and round. It's like this you know kids show. So even that that's ad- arguably I mean you wouldn't video. you wouldn't have seen it on MTV or anything. But <laughs> yeah, and I think the third one is this Russian television show. Yeah, I don't know. In Soviet Russia, we watch YouTube. <laughs> and so, you know, this is big business for YouTube. Right. And, um, you know, I think that's something we can talk a little bit about more in the second half of the show. Yeah. No, I actually, before we want to move on, because we got some very good analysis on what YouTube's doing to get their megastars, including, I don't know, music musicians and everything to do their thing. But before we moved on, I uh, wanted to make sure our listeners are aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you are looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription. Once again, that is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And uh, so moving on here. Yep. How does this? If you're Sergey Brin over at Google headquarters, are you hating Mark Mark Zuckerberg right now? <laughs> I I don't want to get into their interpersonal relationships, okay. but the the business standpoint of things. So it's always tough. I think YouTube has always been kind of a black box for people. They haven't really known what the impact is. We exactly. don't know. Yeah, and so they don't break it out in financials. And so the best bet we can go off of is some insider leaks, some work from analysts. And so uh, there's a Credit Suisse analyst that estimated YouTube comprises about 15% of Google's total revenue, and that amount would rise to about 20% by 2020. So that's one estimate we can work off of. But we also know that YouTube, for lack of a better word, breaks even. Yeah. Um, And so so that 15%... It winds up working out to about $10 billion of uh, Google's $68 billion trailing 12-month revenue. Another estimate that I've got comes from a Wall Street Journal report uh, dated back to this February 
puts that number close to about four billion or about six percent of overall revenue. That's quite a disparity, but yeah. that actually speaks to the black box analogy. Yeah, I popped over to Google's 10K before we went on air, and I'm like, yeah, they don't say. It reminds me of Amazon's web service. Yeah, like you have no idea <laughs> like, what then, the hell is going then, on. <laughs> then they went public with it, and the stock went up 80 million dollars. So. Yeah, and and with these things, you're always wondering, like, was well, there a reason they're not telling us? Or, right. Um, but as you mentioned, the most interesting part of this is that. While it's a sizable portion of revenue, that cash isn't coming down to the bottom line. Um, again, citing that same Wall Street Journal article, apparently YouTube is roughly break-even from insiders with knowledge of the operations. And um, apparently big costs uh, for paying for content and the equipment to deliver the speedy videos are what's weighing down this revenue-driving arm. This is a big problem that we're seeing with a lot of these, um, I'm just going to call it socially media-type platforms and you know it's like twitter or whatever they're spending 200 million dollars a year on servers to handle all massive how many servers do you think it takes to handle all the data on youtube oh it's insane can you imagine absolutely insane like i <laughs> the human brain can't even comprehend and they're spending all this money and then they're bringing it on ads but it's breaking even i don't know what the end game is there though yeah and so i thought the content uh, aspect of things was particularly interesting with this news from Facebook because, uh, as I understand it, the standard ad relationship has YouTube taking about a forty-five percent cut of ad revenue, which is pretty nice, pretty generous considering they're just in the de- they're in the yeah. delivery business. Like right. that's pretty great. Um, but you know, I've heard some rumors, and I think maybe you can speak to this a little bit more. That the service pays, uh, you know, in like the single-digit millions for some content providers as almost like a retainer to stay loyal. Right? Is that, is that they could leave? Yeah, because there's it's like. There are alternatives popping up, like Collider, just very little alternative. And they're like, yeah, maybe we could leave and make a little higher cut. I don't know. Um, so Recode actually came out with a couple of great articles. Um, I found a couple, uh, one of which was, YouTube pays some of its biggest stars to make more stuff for YouTube. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, but YouTube has paid more than $1 million to one group. They wouldn't say the group, of course. that creates widely viewed videos as promised to remain a- uh, active on its platform. So YouTube literally wrote a million dollar check to the a group of I don't know maybe it was the artists Swedish House Mafia guys or something. We need we need more animal videos. <laughs> um, but I, that's crazy to me. And I hear these stories about like uh, what is YouTube's most profitable star is that woman in Asia that does like makeup videos. Oh yeah, she like makes eight million dollars a year or something. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, man, I need to become a YouTube star. Like, geez. <laughs> and, and I think for YouTube, you're going to see more and more of this because it's really important for them to keep people that have a lot of loyalty on the platform. Right. And then uh, another great article I found on Recode, which was uh, YouTube takes out checkbook again, pays its stars to make videos. YouTube is planning to invest millions in some of its biggest stars and deals intended to create high-quality content for the site. The deals are also designed to encourage those stars to keep working on YouTube instead of migrating to other platforms. Like Facebook. <laughs> the plan comes a couple years after YouTube spent more than $100 million on a push to get video makers to create channels for programming for the site and efforts to make it more like TV. Hmm. And you know, I look across the aisle and I see what um, Netflix and Amazon is doing. Um, I just started watching Amazon Prime's uh, Mozart in the Jungle. I don't know oh, if you yeah. check that out. No. Highly recommend. Really? Highly. <laughs> um, stars I've never seen before. I know none of these people. Actually, there's one, the main actor. He's a British actor that I knew. But um, I have to assume, like, in the future, we could each have, like, internet TVs with five apps. YouTube. Amazon, Netflix, and something else. I'm wondering at what point YouTube's going to start making TV shows. Yeah, it's it's definitely I'm, a possibility. Yeah. Um, and 
to bring it back to that cost dynamic a little bit, so I think that this paying for content is where it kind of gets problematic for YouTube if it's at a break even, because as you're talking a, about more money. As, yeah, you're talking about more money to keep people on this platform, and as I mentioned before, the 30 highest viewed uh, videos, 27 of them are music videos, and I'm guessing those aren't exclusive. Yeah, and you're not paying a you know flat retainer i'm sure it's more of just an ad split with those music labels so the high traffic and probably most cost efficient stuff for you to be showing is going to wind up on another platform a platform that can offer more favorable ad rates to the people that are providing the content like that's a difficult dynamic to battle the real winners here are of course us yes uh, the viewers are always the winners um and you know just to temper expectations a little bit i think this isn't like sell, sell, sell for for Google. And it's not a huge, huge concern for YouTube. Because as I mentioned, like this is something that Facebook is slowly rolling out. I mean, this could be along the lines of its instant articles type pilot, where we're seeing some main providers bring in a couple a week right. here and there. So, so it could be, you know, like Katy Perry's next music video breaks first on Facebook or something. Possible. Very yeah. possible. Um, and I think the takeaway here is this is a very good thing for Facebook. But you want to see how Google reacts, and you want to see if they're able to retain their high-value content providers. Awesome. Uh, before we go, I want to tell you, I, I didn't tell you this before, but uh, Facebook offered me the opportunity to send somebody money when I was on Messenger the other day. I got that. I got prompted for that the other day, too. I was like, oh my god, Mark Zuckerberg, you are... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, if you want to reimburse me for those tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Dylan. I'll see you next week. Always a pleasure, Sean. And if you are a lawyer listener and you have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at focus at fool.com. Again, that is focus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.